This is a Soulfire production. Yo, everybody, welcome back to Thought Criminals. We've got Taylor Ferber on the show today. She is a uh, journalist, a podcaster, a pop culture provocateur. She's been in USA Today, US Weekly, Fox News, NPR, New York Magazine, Huffington Post, and of course, Playboy. That's right. If you want to go see them titties, you can go see them titties we talk about that we talk about that playboy shoot there was a bunch of great people in that shoot and it was a cool shoot because it was journalists talking about their experience being behind the pen instead of in front of the camera which i like we also talk about morgan freeman quite a bit we get into the me too movement some pop culture fuckery the death of journalism just all in all the chaos that that rules our world and Taylor's super fun, super, super fun person. She's had Dave Portnoy on, her, Portnoy on her show a few times. We talk about that just a little bit. It's just a really fun conversation. One of the reasons I'm really glad to have Thought Criminals is because I can just have fun conversations. That we, we get into, There's some value here. There's some value. There's some fun stories. You're going to be entertained for a couple hours. I promise you that. But at the same time, like instead of over at Thought or uh, Politically Homeless where I just have to like, I get so angry. I get so upset. I'm getting, I'm just, but with here, I have someone to commiserate with. We can have some banter and we can, you know, it's a good time. It's a very good time. And Taylor is a good time. You can find her on Instagram at Talk to Me Taylor. That's her handle. And um, her podcast is called Cancel Me Baby. And if you can't see where we would align based on our podcast titles, I don't know what to tell you. But guys, this is going to be one of the last episodes that goes ad free. So if you want ad free content, The best place to find that is in the Patreon, patreon.com slash politically homeless. You can hit that link in the show notes. And if you want to listen to ads and buy some products, well, more power to you. I'm down for you to do that as well. I just don't want you to be a freeloader, you know? I want you to be like one of those people's. There's there's makers and takers. Don't be a taker, right? Didn't Reagan say that? Isn't that a very Reagan-y type thing? Or no, that was, who was that? That was uh, the fucking Mormon guy from Utah, Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney's the makers and takers guy. Yeah, that's how it works, buddy. Appreciate you delivering a nuanced take. But anyways, there's that. Links are in the show notes. Go join. Enjoy yourself. It's good. Get involved in the conversation. Bonus episodes, ad-free episodes. You know the fucking deal. And now, let's get to this beautiful episode with Taylor Ferber. Enjoy, everybody. Taylor, you are the second person that I've interviewed ever that's been in Playboy. And y'all were in the same shoot, my friend Bruna. Yes. But you had her, you didn't have her on. Not Thought Thought, Criminals. No, I I had her on The Realness. On my early, my pre-pandemic version of myself that did personal development, I did, I had her on to talk about, I think she went a thousand days without having sex. It was wild. I love Bruna and I'm so stoked. So I actually pitched the feature and helped spearhead it. And I remember getting it going. The editor of all of digital, you know, Playboy at the time was like, he gave me kind of a list. Uh, Cause the whole concept was let's flip the script and have your contributors, your journalists, your writers actually pose. And we wrote essays too, but they gave me a list of people and I kind of reached them one by one being like, here's my idea. Are you game? 
And uh, I'm so glad that Bruno was a part of it because she is a really cool chick. Yeah, so. she's super rad. She's I mean, she's she's a fucking witch now. Now she's just a witch. She just she, draws cards. She is a <laughs> witch. She is a witch. She's a badass witch too. I always watch her stuff. She always helps me stay very like grounded. Oh, and, I'm sure she's know. very happy that she's that she's that for you. <laughs> yes, she is. I helped her show her titties. She helps me, you know, not have a mental breakdown. So, so in the I, end, did it you all guys did you guys go topless in those shoots? I never saw the whole like I just saw the feature online. I didn't yes. see the whole thing. It's so funny, Connor, because so that was another thing. When I was reaching out to all the journalists, I'm like, listen, I wrote down, I still have it as a little like memento. And I said, How much nudity are you comfortable with? And each girl wrote, you know, full or just my butt or just my boobs. So we all had our little thing, right? Cut to the shoot. And here we are. We, we there's six of us total, and we all were like in robes. You know, cut to five hours later. I'm like, hear me roar. Here's my tits. Here's my ass. You couldn't get me to put on a robe. So we all were. It was like it was just so funny how it progressed during the day. But yeah, it's funny because. But it was the, the shoe is. So it was, it's, it's in the 65th anniversary issue on free speech and it's online, but it's very tasteful. I will say it's not like full, you know, clit Taurus. <laughs> it's very like, very tasteful. So. I love that. And I think that's, that's, it's interesting that you're, you're so outspoken, like that's your thing, right? Like cancel me, baby. And there's so much fuckery mm. going on. We just mm. did, we just did your, your episode, which I highly recommend people listen to. We got into some fun shit and we may rehash some of that here now, but it's, it's weird to me now that like you can have a show called talking about like it's cancel, cancel culture is such a big thing that it could be the title of your show. Right. Where mine politically homeless and thought criminals, this one we're on now. It's like, that's a, that's a term that I ripped out of 1984, like an Orwellian book. And it's like, no, like we're all so many, we're all thought criminals now. Rogan's a thought criminal. I'm a thought. It's like, just because I, I think about a thing that's different than like the, the mainstream narrative, which has kind of just been my go-to, like whether it's like my relationship structure and things like that, psychedelics, the way that I, you know, have distrust in the medical industry, like normal shit that I like, it's just, this is stuff I've been a part of my life since I was like 20 years old, you know, just like exploring different things. And now yeah. all of a sudden it's like, oh, you don't, you don't believe in Pfizer. And I'm like, motherfucker, two and a half years ago, these were like the bad guys. You know what I mean? I'm just waiting to short the fuck out of their stock till something they do something else fucked up and I can make some money off of them. You know what I'm saying? Like it's Was it's it you who posted it? It cracked me up. I think it was you who posted how in 2021 they made like $83 billion or something from <laughs> yeah, that, the shots. It's like I think it was, I think it was 36 billion that was from the government. And then there was there was more than that. And it inflated the shit out of there. I should yeah. have shorted uh, the Moderna stock. They went from 450 to 150. They lost 70% of their Pfizer's value. Pfizer's like, Pfizer's like Jeff Bezos ain't shit. <laughs> like, like, yeah, laughing their way to the bank. No, but. No, but it's, I mean, it, it, it's wild. But, and it's like, I haven't changed that much. Like I've gotten a little yeah. bit more aggressive about some things because I'm now I'm just like pissed. <laughs> but yeah. it's all of a sudden well, now the way that I live my life, which was just kind of like normal countercultural, like question everything reality is now a fucking sin. And, and, and it's these people who are like, think religion is stupid, but they have this like trust in science as if science is a settled thing. It's like, you're treating science like Jesus, which is a mythical figure, figure. That's not how science works, my friends. I'm sorry. It's, it's interesting because we kind of talked about this before we started cheating, but we have similar stories because before I had my show, I was a red carpet reporter and I freelance for mainstream sites like Vulture and you, Us Weekly and, uh, you know, Hollywood Reporter, but it wasn't quite satisfying that need because like you, I always wanted to not 
even on purpose, just naturally kind of like get into stuff a little, you know, deeper, controversial. And so I launched my own site. It was called Talk To Me. So similar to Cancel Me Baby, you talk about the name. It was called Talk To Me Taylor. And I would go on these red carpets and I would talk to these celebrities on a selfie stick about on top of it, all these like provocative issues. And they would just get so into it. And we would talk about things like, you know, I talked to about Lance, you know, with Lance Bass about, you know, nature of men versus women and being gay and, you know, masculinity, like all these things that were kind of taboo. Now, obviously it's Hollywood. It is like a true cult, like they are on another level. So I'm used to people looking at me like, huh? Like the publicist being like, wait a second, this isn't the millionth question asking about how it was doing this movie. You know, I really just went rogue and went there like you with the pandemic, it shut everything down. So I launched the site or the show cancel me baby. And it really is like an extension of that. It's like, I'll, I'll talk about celebrities and all this from my experience, but it's like, I don't need them anymore. And I just really get into the issues like you, that people are, you know, go where they're afraid to go. And like you, I come at it from a place that's just honest. It's not left. It's not right. Um, and I think about the title, Cancel Me Baby, because that's the whole premise, your idea with like the thought police and like thought crime. It's like, that's the idea of the title. It's like, cancel me, I dare you. I'm yeah. going to say what I'm going to say, like come after me. But I think about the title all the time, Connor. I'm like, how much life does it have? And how, like, we'll see, I mean, how things unravel. But I mean, I would, I would as, as bad as this may be for your brand, I would love if that became an irre- irrelevant term at some point. <laughs> People are like, what does it mean? I you would know, like for my kids to be like, what does it mean to cancel somebody? That's weird. For real, me too. Because obviously I think, yeah, what? Like grandma, what are you talking about? Like cancel what now? But it is true. And people ask me, they're like, what happens if, you know, we get to a place where cancel culture isn't a thing? Because obviously I think it's a joke and I despise it. I always want people to talk and say what they have to say. But I will be like, that is my glory. De- I can't wait for that day because then we can actually get into this shit without walking on eggshells all the time. It's exhausting. You know, always having to qualify everything. Always, you know, I always say even like, I want to be almost like the the Howard Stern or the, you know, like it's like even he's gone soft. Dude, like, so H- I Howard can't Stern, wait for that he's, day. He's turned into such a pussy, dude. My brother, my brother. hundred. My brother, no shit, got put a news. He had a, like this 1991 Cadillac piece of shit car that he bought whenever we were in high school, his first car. And I don't know why he wanted this little caddy, but he did. He put his stereo in that thing just so he could have XM radio, just so he could listen to Howard Stern. He's loved Howard Stern since we were legit. He was six, legit 16, 17 years old. The other day we were talking, that's like during the holidays. He was like, dude, I got to find somebody else to listen to, man. This guy, he, I don't know what happened to him, but he just bitches all the time. All he does is complain. So I'm like, know, dude, you were the this, number, you were yeah. the number one guy at a certain point that people were coming after because of what you're doing. And now he's mad about this. And the it's like, FCC, have you seen yeah, like, the FCC, he did the whole blackface thing. He's like fucking went for it. And now it's like, now he thinks you're a terrorist. If you don't get vaccinated, I'm like, are you, what uh-huh. happened to you, dude? Like what, where is the, where is this coming from? Like, I don't listen. I've never, I wasn't a huge fan of him, but I supported him, you know? And then, and then it's like this double standard that exists because now you have fucking Hillary Clinton on your show. Who are you, bro? Like, what is this? So here's what's interesting. I agree. And, you know, again, on one end of it, it's like, that's why I can't wait for the day for all this shit to end because it opens the door even more. I'm like, I will keep going. <laughs> oh, like hold my wig and my earrings. Like someone stop me. But it's interesting because I just had Joe Francis on my show who yeah. created Girls Gone Wild. And he and I had, a before we shot, we had an hour long phone conversation. And 
I just wish you people could have heard that shit because talk about getting canceled. Like it just, we were on the same page and he's like, every, he says this on my show. He's like, everyone I know in Hollywood is so fed up with this, but they're terrified. They won't, they say, won't say anything. anything. Yeah. And I brought up Howard Stern because he's friends with Howard. And I brought it up on my show and I said, he's gone soft. What happened? And he said, you know what, Taylor, while I hate, despise all of this, I don't blame him. Because he has all this money riding on it. He's a sponsor, serious, all this. And he's this, you know, he's made a ton of money. He's older now. He's not going to do the whole shock jock thing. It's a business. And I don't blame him. And, you know, I I, I can't really get behind that. It's like, no, quit no. being a bunch of pussies. Like, I don't care that money's riding on it. I don't care. What even you have that amount of money? It's like, what do you have to lose? Right. Like, what are you going to make? Too. Ten million less dollars? Like who? Fuck you have. No, exactly. You, you have hundreds of millions of dollars, Howard. Like, and and then this this thing is like you also need to understand. I think people don't do this enough. It's like you need to understand the echo chambers you are in, right? Like, I, I had a birthday party over here, right? And at the end of the night, we're sitting around smoking a joint, talking about MK Ultra and JFK assassination, and one person in that fucking room is vaccinated, right? So I have a self selected group of like alternative medicine, uh, chiropractors and, and shit like that. Like just the kind of kooky people that I love and then we're all funny or they just like work for themselves and don't give a shit about that kind of stuff and just do their own thing. And we were sitting there and it's like that person actually like felt uncomfortable because we were like just shitting on it, the whole, the whole situation, you know what I'm saying? And it was, it was weird. I'm like, oh, you self-select your little crew. And I think people like Howard, it's like, you live in like New York intelligentsia. You're like an upper class person. Now you're not an up and comer. You're not, you're not countercultural anymore. So like you, your community self-selects and you can believe whatever you want to believe based on who your homies are, right? Who your little bubble is. And you got to know that. Like, I know that my, yeah. my little and you know you're in an echo chamber, right? You got to know, like, my little self-selected group of people are probably going to agree with me on a lot of things that maybe 70% of everybody else wouldn't agree with me on. But that's why we're friends. So I've got to consider other people's perspectives. And it really frustrates me with the with the vaccine thing because, and I don't bring it up, I don't give a shit what people do. Like, you can do fucking heroin and I, I don't care. Like, I just have never been that way. But it's like, do your own thing, but don't make me into a villain. Like, as if I was, and it's like, you know how many things that you guys were wrong about and no one takes accountability, right? Like, Rachel Maddow was like, the virus stopped with every vaccinated person. And I'm like, Bitch, no, it doesn't. You may have lied, you may have been wrong, but if somebody else who on the other side of the spectrum was wrong in the same way you were wrong, they would be crucified, but you're fine. And that's not okay. Yeah. Like we need to have a standard of like, people have gotten so complacent and compliant. And I think that's part of a soft culture. That's why I think the fucking United States should cease to exist as it is. Like we hate each other so much. I don't think it's, I think we need a divorce. I think we have irreconcilable differences. If you go live in Florida where you're at, versus new like tell me that new york and florida are more similar than like france and uh in italy <laughs> you know it's like yeah. those places are way more similar than florida and new york it is a problem and while my show isn't overly political i will tell you i get asked this like what is a topic that people like it really hits a nerve and really hits a button with people and really cause problems for you and i will say it is. And I'm very level headed about COVID. Like yeah. I'm like you, I'm like, do what you want to do. I don't, you know, it's just become so out of control. And that is the topic that, you know, personally, professionally, I've had people like really literally friends be like, I need to take a break from you and not talk to you. And I'm like, it's so crazy because it's like, I come from a place of common fucking sense. <laughs> and I'll even say things like, I'll even say things like, 
you know, Whoopi Goldberg before the whole Holocaust debacle. I don't know if you know this, Connor, but she was a prime example of someone who just bought into the hysteria. And Mm -hmm. she said, I got vaccinated. I didn't go outside. I got boosted. I got 15 shots. I got this. I was bubble boy. I did like I, I communicated via carrier pigeon, but somehow I got COVID. Right. And so she's like, everybody go get your vaccine, your boost and socially distance and wear a mask. And I'm going to myself again, common sense. Like this is the kind of thing I'll say on my show instead of going, okay, let's think about this. I did everything they told me to do. I wore 20 hundred masks. I got 1500 shots and I still get COVID and still instead of going, you know what? Maybe something along the line wasn't as effective as they thought, or maybe something went awry. No, they double and triple down like psychos. So I'll, I'll come at it from a place of common sense and that'll get you, you know, shit. It's just so crazy. Well, and it's funny. It's like, it's like, it's not a controversial thing to say. And neither one of us are doctors or experts. Like I just look at things like I just kind of an objective observer of, of reality and like things. And I do a lot of thinking about like, I'm a human behavior geek. Like I love this shit. So I understand how defensiveness puts people into their, like they dig their heels in. And it's like, people don't like to admit that they're wrong, especially when they see the other side of the issue as being a villain. And they've been kind of manipulated and propagandized into believing that. But you look that and it's like you see people the same thing people we get like that uh paul balls palsy on their face and have like half their face paralyzed and be like i still think you should get the vaccine and i'm like are you like i don't think i should do that like that seems i don't want my face to be paralyzed and of course that stuff is super rare and if you get it or don't you're probably going to be fine if you're healthy i don't think you should you know go spit in your grandma's mouth probably like that's probably not a good idea you know what i'm saying but like the vaccine almost killed my granddad you know he got pneumonia from the vaccine which is like you know he's in his seventies, probably a good idea. My mom's in her fifties. I'm like, and my stepdad is a little overweight. Like I'm like, yeah, you guys probably should have gotten the vaccine. It makes sense if you're, you know, but as a, as a young, healthier person that was a competitive athlete for like 20 years, I think my lungs can handle an, an, an influenza, you know, like my dad got COVID pneumonia really bad. I don't think it's a joke, but I think it's, you know, I can, you can go eat, you can go fucking line up and be 700 pounds and eat all the McDonald's you want. And no one's stopping you from doing that. And in, 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 in some ways they're like, you should, you're beautiful. Big is beautiful. And I'm like, well, maybe that's a huge strain on our healthcare system. You know what I'm saying? And it, it makes, it makes no sense. No. Make it make sense. It's also the idea, and you talk about accountability that drives me crazy, is the fact that, you know, it goes for COVID, it goes for any sort of like cancel culture issues, like the fact that things change, right? So a year ago, they were like, you get this vaccine, you have a 95% chance of not getting COVID, period. Now, all of a sudden, right? Like a genie in a bottle comes out and some wizardry happens and they're like, no, no, we never said that. We said that it would make you not get bad symptoms or go to the hospital, but you could still get it. And it's like, it's just make it just making literally me and everyone feel fucking nuts. It's, ga- it's, it's like, it's oh my God. It's like, and I look at these pharmaceutical companies and I try to draw a correlation to something that's more personal to people. Right. And I have friends that are like this and they tend to also be the people that are like fully bought into this pharma narrative. And it's like, listen, it's a fact that Pfizer has paid more criminal fines than any other com- company in history. Trusting them is like trusting an abusive ex-boyfriend. Like he's going to fucking hit you again. Okay. That's where it's at. The Sackler family killed more people than any other fucking illicit drug. Okay. <laughs> like mushrooms and LSD are schedule one drugs. I have both of which in my house right now. They have killed zero people. <laughs> you mean you, people may have but- done things and died 
while they were on them. Yeah. But like, it doesn't, you don't overdose. I could eat this whole, I could eat a gallon of mushrooms and not die. You know what I mean? I can't drink three bottles of, of liquor. You know what I'm saying? So like these whole things are strange and it's like, these are, these companies exist to be proper, to be profitable. They're not there to help you. That's not their, that's not their role. That's their, that's their market. You're their market. And at the same time, you got to be mindful of the fact that these motherfuckers also just got a liability shield. So they don't have to have a responsibility for anything that happens to you. That is when everything that's that of all the things like vaccine. Cool. It's pretty clear. People, they would say you aren't going to get COVID. It's like, well, the reason we don't have a cold vaccine is because coronaviruses uh, uh, create variants very fast. So it's very hard to vaccinate against them. Most doctors, lots of doctors were saying that early on. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. And then lo and behold, a year later, 75% of spread is from, from vaccinated people. And I'm like, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. It makes sense, but they lied to you and no one, and we talk about Rogan having these people on, right? right. And came out and been like, I should have had other, you know, more, more, uh, countervailing narratives after the controversial episodes. I agree, but I don't think that, that they even want to be on his show because he could pull up a, a, a fucking montage of Rachel Maddow and be like, explain this to me, bitch. Like, did you ever apologize? How about you take the opportunity on the Joe Rogan experience in front of 20 million people to say, I'm sorry for being wrong or lying, whatever it was. And like, maybe they can't. I, That's you know, my point. they can't and they double and triple down. And so they're not going to go on a show though, but they won't, they don't want to be on a show. So it's like, you want these mainstream know. voices, but it's like, well, do you want the mainstream voices to be challenged? Cause that's, what's going to happen when he goes on there. And that it's like, so you want him to be canceled. You don't want people to go on his show that have countervailing narratives to Malone or McCullough, which I don't even listen to those guys. When I talk about COVID, right. I listen to like Vinay Prasad, who's a, PhD, MPH, vaccinated, pro-vax guy who just is honest and rational. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, know, good. But they won't because there's such a double standard. We all know this. And people just have their blinders on so much. Again, it goes back into the like, you know, I did all this, but I still get COVID. And so go do all this, guys. It's just like, it literally is such a circus. And the thing that's so crazy, though, is I'll tell you, it's like the Howard Stern thing to bring it back to that. It really is, though, starting to have a grip on people. I mean, I don't think that Joe, we talked about this on my show just now. I don't think that Joe Rogan needed to go so hard on mm. his apologies, whether it be like the COVID stuff and the old N-word compilation. Like, I just personally don't think he needed to go that hard. And it was pretty shocking to me because I had the king of controversy, Dave Portnoy, who founded Barstool Sports on my show. And I was shocked because I asked him this, Connor. I said, you know, you are the guy who will just go balls to the wall, who is known for like not giving a shit, but has this climate, you know, whether it be COVID, whatever it is, like, hasn't made you reel it back and not want to, you know, you know, put your neck out for certain things. And he even said like the Howard Stern thing, it goes back to business and money. He's like, I absolutely. And he's like, I tell my writers, I tell my staff, it's not worth it. I started Barstool to not to ruffle feathers, to, to have a business, to have a good life, to make a ton of money. And it's not worth it to me to talk about these issues and fuck all that up. And to be honest, you know, even looking at it now and the, in the moment, it's like, I don't know. It's for, I mean, this is just me. Like I'm a free speech and free expression person. So for me, it is worth it. It is the hill to die on, but yeah. you know, for these guys, it's just not. And it was eye opening because it shows you like how, it's really, you know, affected even people you think are controversial. Yeah. Know? And the bigger thing too, and this is why I picked the hill to die on. It's not like, it's not about you should get vaccinated or not get vaccinated. That, I leave that alone to the personal, to make people to person to make up their decision. 
what I look at is like, see how easy it is to manipulate a population of people and villainize a section of, and that's why Gina Carano's uh, tweet about they got her fired from the Mandalorian, which was so stupid. And also I have like the so biggest, I have the biggest crush on her and have since she was on American Gladiator. I don't know if you remember that the Hulk Hogan, American Gladiator. I saw her on that show and I was like, like drooling. I was like, what is, who is this? And it was just, uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was uh, enamored. And then I watched her fights you on, on YouTube. Her show. God, I would love that. Um, I should probably And then wrestle out. and then have a threesome. Yeah, then, that would... There, I'm giving you all these ideas. You're welcome. <laughs> I thought you probably haven't had them yourself, but yeah, I've definitely, it's, 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 it's crossed my mind. But, um, that thing is like, it's like, yeah, no, it's like, yeah, is, is what's happening with COVID restrictions and, and people not being able to go to concerts and stuff like as bad as the Holocaust? Clearly no, but you can see how, you can be taught to marginalize a group of people based on their beliefs and, yeah. and, and, and make them less than or villainize them. And that's important to know. Like that's, is it going to be, as, does it need to be as bad to still be bad? You know what I mean? Like is a fender bender bad? It, it, you know, it's still bad, even though it's not a rollover. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it, yeah. it, 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 we got to be mindful of how this is all happening. And, I just want people yeah. to be able to, and I don't expect everybody to be a fucking critical thinker or an intellectual or figure out the science. I think people just want to go to work, do their thing, raise their families and have a, a fine time and whatever. Like that's what most people are at. So it's like, they're just going to do what they're told. I don't think that like you're a sheep. When somebody calls somebody a sheep, I'm like, you're being a fucking dick. Shut up. Like you're not helping. You know what I mean? These people that get all up in arms about that or think there's yeah. like microchips or whatever. But then at the same time, I'm like, we got to be able to like come together in this a little bit. And like, yeah. you know, like notice like, Hey man, people are going to make their own decisions. And we've been okay with that for most things. But lately now it's like, we have a centralized body policing our decision-making all over the place, whether it's what you can say, what you can put out on the internet, what you need to put in your body as far as, you know, these pharmaceutical drugs. But like, if you want to fucking eat, like I said, McDonald's seven meals a day, that's fine. Like it's a weird deal. No one, and no one wants to acknowledge that like obesity is a correlate to death. And most people that no. have died had like three comorbidities. So it's like, well, strange, you know? And then with Portnoy, I totally understand why he wouldn't talk about it. I'm fucking tired of talking about it. And they get the most views of anything I do is when I do talk about it. Right. I'm like about COVID, about COVID shit and COVID regulations and this other stuff and the trucker protests. I'm like, I literally, when I'm doing politically homeless, I'm like, God, God fucking damn it. I'm so tired of fucking talking about yeah, this, I you know? know. I and know. then, and then you have people, these hit jobs on Portnoy. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit with you. Cause I don't know much about him. I literally forgot his name when I was texting, texting you. I'm like the sports betting guy. No, I know. Like I don't fucking, I don't. So he literally said this. He literally was like, no, what did you call him? You're like, what's his name? Like clay. I'm like, no, <laughs> Dave, Dave Portnoy. Like, so yeah, go Connor. But for, what, what, what are they coming after him one. for? Like, does he like, he likes okay. to choke chicks when he's having sex? Like, what is, I don't yes. understand. Like I didn't, okay, Kelly so, did that last night. So. <laughs> okay. So Connor, if you guys aren't, no, Connor is very, actually you, you were very wise on my show, like educating me on the past of all these things, this, that, and the other thing, the only rock Connor lives under seems to be the Dave Portnoy rock. So if you're under there with him, um, Dave Portnoy is coming under fire. Hey, listen, he's always in the news because, and he's always associated with the right wing because a lot of the times he comes at things from a place of common sense. Like I, a lot of my views, a lot, I feel like he is probably like fiscally conservative and socially liberal, but like whatever. So if you, if you like, if you, if you have, if you have money and want to make money, you're now a conservative for some fucking reason. It's that idea, right? Like yeah. he's never even come out and been like, I'm this or I'm that. But for whatever reason, his views are always like, he's been on Tucker Carlson and you know, in the beginning of COVID, he was very pro, like, keep businesses open because he's yeah. an entrepreneur himself. 
So anyway, he's always linked with like right wing and all this and associated. So Business Insider did a hit piece on him and they were basically trying to meet to him. And they had these stories of these women come out against him saying he was really rough. He was really traumatizing, all of these things. But even in the piece, you kind of get the idea, though, that it was consensual sex. Now, when we're talking about Me Too, we're talking about like Harvey Weinstein and R. Kelly, who literally traumatized and forced women against their will. Okay, so they're basically trying to lump Dave Portnoy in with this. So Dave Portnoy being like, "Uh, no, you're not. He comes out with all these receipts, DMs, everything, basically showing that these encounters were consensual. So. It's been an ongoing unfolding, you know, conversation. And my issue with it, you know, I wrote an op-ed on it and no one picked it up. I even had outlets like The Atlantic write me back and say, you know, this piece is so thoughtful and urgent, but, you know, we can't run it. And my piece said what Business Insider is doing, like these hip pieces on him, is not actually helping women. Like I was in Hollywood when this all started. I actually talked to R. Kelly victims and survivors. And I've advocated for Me Too and op-eds. And so I say, like, this has become a circus because we're going to get tired every time we hear someone be like, oh, this happened or that. And then we come to find out it was consensual. So what happens when real victims need to be heard and we're we're fatigued and we're like, yeah, okay, lady. So that was my point of the post. And like I said, it wouldn't get picked up. It got the attention of Dave Portnoy And he ended up sharing it and tweeting it and uh, coming on my show, uh, which he rarely ever does to like get into it more and to talk about it. Because we both have such a unique vantage point of, you know, how much of a joke the media is. You know, we see it from both sides. And was it just like girls recounting like kind of like kinky or rough sex, basically? Yeah. Like spit in my mouth, slap me around, like that kind of stuff. Like that, which is like, and and for somebody who is really like explorative sexually and has done something. So incredibly common, like so incredibly common. And I don't mind sharing some stuff on my end. That's like situations I've been in where I'm like, damn, like you want that? Like that's even too much for well, me, that, you know? Like it, it's, it, it's yeah. not like it was a rare thing where I'm like, eh, that's, I'm not really comfortable with that. Like, I don't think I could slap you, actually slap you in the face. Like that's too much, you know? Right, and that's but, what Dave Portnoy says is this is where it becomes so convoluted because he's like, from his vantage point, he's he says on my show, like, well, they consented and this is what happened. Like, meanwhile, you have the whole 50 shades of gray, like obsession. Right. And so he's like, girls like to have sex. Like, so he's like, do I not have sex then? Because later they end up saying, and from the girl's vantage point, even in the pieces, this is the part that bugs me. They'll say, I was so intimidated. I was afraid, you know, he was so, you know, abrasive and I didn't want to upset him and I didn't want to come out. So his you know, huge fan base would come troll me and come after me. And that's a part that upsets me because while it is so gray, it just waters down the power that women have. And that's what bugs the shit out of me. It's like, think about the life-changing decisions. Like we have the decision right now, the irreversible choice to change your fucking gender. But you're going to sit here and tell me that you couldn't say no to someone during sex. Like you have the choice to abort a child. You have the choice to go into war and carry a gun and kill someone. So it just bothers me that it's like when it comes to sex, suddenly you have no authority or autonomy. And again, I know it's not so black and white. I know that there are instances like the Harvey Weinstein's, like the R. Kelly, where it's like they literally force you against your will and will destroy your life. Mm -hmm. 
but this isn't that. And so it's a really big problem to conflate the two, you know? Well, yeah, I 100% agree with that. And I think one of the things, like this came out, this was like early intellectual dark web thing. Like this girl had come out and said that this guy had raped her while she was drunk, right? And then all of a sudden, lo and behold, there's receipts that say like, hey, she was asking this dude if he was, he, you know, at, invited him over or that she was coming over and asked if he had condoms and all this other stuff. And they end up hooking up and she regrets it. And then some professor convinced her that that was sexual assault. And the kid ends up losing, getting kicked out of school, you know, and like, and becoming this like villain and no one wants to hear the whole story. And I'm like, we need to normalize like, hey, sexually, especially, right? Because sex is a lot of things. It's not missionary and doggy style. It's like, there's a lot that goes into that. It's a, it's a, it's an expression of like the shadow side of yourself. Oftentimes, like things come out in those areas and you need to be able to say, Hey, you know what? Like that wasn't sexual assault. That was not rape. I made a mistake. No harm, no foul. I didn't get pregnant. I didn't get hurt. I made a mistake. Maybe I don't want to have casual sex like that. And you learn that stuff through trial and error. And that's a, that's a, like, that's a, that's a conversation I'm going to have with my sons and daughters. If I have them, it's like, listen, be safe and try things. It's okay. That's what college is for. Like hook up my cousin when she was at 18 or 19, my mom and I got in a fight about this. So she, I was like, you know, she kind of seemed like she was a little bit flexible sexually. Like, um, you know, and I, and I'm like, I'm the person in the family that can like talk about that without judgment. Right. Like I'm the person you can, I'm like, dude, if you want to, she had a boyfriend from high school. I'm like, dude, if you want to like fool around with chicks and stuff, like you need to create some, like stand up for yourself and say, that's what you want to do. Cause I could, we were talking about it and it was coming yeah. up and I was like, and so my mom overheard that and got super mad at me. And I'm like, fuck off. Like Jesus doesn't care. Leave, leave it alone. Um, but having those kind of conversations, it's like, Hey, and if you don't, that's okay too. You know, like it's, but it's, oh, and it's like, so you learn through the Dave Portner thing. Like you don't want to be with a guy who's super domineering and super aggressive, but you did consent to be in that situation. So now next time, you know, it's, it's called, it's called learning and growing up. Whereas you weren't exploited, yeah. you weren't manipulated. You weren't, you know, it wasn't like somebody drugged you or, or held you down or, or tied you up and didn't, didn't, uh, you know, maybe you had a safe word and he didn't, um, it didn't respect the safe word. That's a sexual assault, right? If you, if he, if he says your safe words, pineapple, and you're like pineapple, 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 and he still keeps going, that is now yeah. sexual assault, even though you consented well, to the situation. That's where it's a problem because in the piece, they painted as though I was screaming, I was crying, you know, I was screaming, no. And Dave Portnoy, and again, it could come down to he said, she said, but he even says like, no is no. I would never do these foul crimes. Like whoever does that, they need to be in prison. And what's so crazy, Connor, is this is where the media is so skewed, right? Because they'll play up one side and he has all of these. He's like, he kind of says like, thank God I have these DMs because and this is again, where it's like such a bad look for women because these same people, he has the DMS of them being like, let's do it again. Oh, I'm on Dave Portnoy's DMS. Oh my God. I can't believe Dave Portnoy is still talking to me. Hi, Dave Portnoy. Oh my God. Are you around? And it's just like, oh my God. Imagine being a real victim. Imagine being an R Kelly survivor. And you're like, really? And this is where the media cherry picks because where is all the energy on that. No, it's only like them saying how traumatized and all this or that. And I don't know if they were traumatized. Well, and that's a, Let's be serious about like fucking human trafficking, dude. That's a real problem with real people being exploited. Yes. And you're going to sit here and talk about like, oh, this, this, the, the consensual sex wasn't what the girl wanted. So this originally happened in November. Now business insider did a second hit piece on him just last week or something with more women. And again, like on the base of it, right? If you acknowledge any of this, you're anti-women. This is why no one picked up my op-ed because like you can't, you can't challenge it or question it, right? Because no, 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 every woman is right. Every woman, you know what I mean? Every woman is, is telling the truth and is right and that's it. 
But one of the women in the piece literally say, I consented to the sex, but it wasn't the sex I consented to. And that's where it's like, I'm sorry, what? So like, try telling that again, try telling that to an R. Kelly survivor. Try. And that's where it's infuriating. And I want to go into something too. This is a kind of a controversial take of mine and that dovetails nicely with this. I get frustrated with the term victim or a survivor being used instead of victim many times. Like, I think you can be a sexual assault victim, but everybody who experiences sexual assault is not a survivor. Like I have a, I, I know someone. That's a good point. I know someone who was walking to their car, got pushed up against their car and forcibly raped. Okay. That person I can say, it's likely it's you could have some, something really bad. Could have, you could have gotten stabbed. You could have gotten killed. That person, I'm like, survivor. I can, I can get on board with that. If your boss grabs your ass at the fucking office, I'm sorry. You're not a goddamn survivor. Your life was never in at risk. Like Jeffrey Epstein's, these, those girls, survivors probably, right? And even if they just survived the trauma of it and didn't kill themselves, right? Like there's, there's something to be said for that. You can survive the Holocaust, uh, a gunshot wound. Like we, we, we so could float. We want people to feel so victimized. It's like, you're not a fucking, you didn't survive anything. Your life was never at risk. You got sexually assaulted. You are a victim. Victim means something different than survivor. Those are two separate fucking things. And you're conflating them all. Like the uh, Aziz Ansari is another good one. This girl, like she, he didn't get her off and she was fucking pissed. And she me too, this guy at the peak of Harvey Weinstein stuff and put his career in the fucking toilet when it was at its peak. And he's a funny ass dude. And he was like, what the fuck? Like that was all consensual, but you didn't get what you wanted. So now you punish me. Like, so every time I hook up, hooked up with a woman and it wasn't what I wanted or they didn't give good head, should I just be able to be like, ah, you know what? I'm going to put that out in the fucking world for everybody to see and ruin your life. Like, is that a good idea? Because I didn't consent to getting a bad blowjob. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's so convoluted and it's, that's a whole other aspect of it that I've talked. I mean, I've been talking about this forever, even like when the Ar army hammer stuff went down, like I was talking about, you know, the idea of somebody like their career being taken down and all this at one accusation that may or may not be true, but I'll tell you this, this is like story will blow your balls right off Connor, and your <laughs> listeners, because you talk about the media and their narratives and how they cherry pick and how they make everyone a victim. So I've been on their side of that. I have been on that side. I had an encounter with Morgan Freeman back when I first moved to LA, I don't know, six, seven years ago. And I was wearing these, like, you know, those like Abercrombie ripped up jeans. Mm -hmm. And so I was sitting next to him. It was me and a group of reporters around a table and Morgan Freeman. I always find myself in these situations, but he sits right next to me. Right. And he's looking at my jeans as if like, your grandparent would be like, what the fuck is going on with your jeans? Like, why are there pieces missing? Like, yeah. not in like a creepy, like, ooh, Taylor, sexy jeans. No, it was well, in a totally and Morgan Freeman is kind of like grandpa way. He's like, an, he's like America's grandpa. <laughs> and he has that sort of like hippie personality yeah. anyway. Yes. And he's like a grandpa, right? Exactly. So it was so funny to me that after we had done our group interview with him, I put my, this is like back before cancel culture. You could never get away with this now. I put my phone up to him and I said, Morgan, is there something you want to say about my jeans? And he looks at them and looks at me and he's like, again, like a grandpa. And he goes, wear them, baby. And the whole room like laughs and we high five. It's all on camera. I have it on my YouTube, right? Yeah. So here's what I mean with the media and their narratives and the victim narrative. 
Cut to, I don't know, a year or so later, he was on the end of some allegations, Me Too stuff. So I was contacted by this outlet called The Blast, which is kind of like a TMZ. And they said, can we run? One of them, I think, was in the room. And they were like, we remember this. Can we run this story? I said, sure. So they end up running a story. You can Google it. And it's called Female Ob- a Female Reporter Openly Objectified by Morgan Freeman. Oh, see, trying to paint me as a victim. So what did I do? So I'm like playing mental chess and I'm like, okay, bitch, it's on. So I ended up writing an op-ed in Playboy saying, "Uh, excuse me, I was totally okay with this. I had so much fun. I don't feel like a victim. So who are you to paint me as a victim? Like that's how far they'll go. And that goes into the whole Dave Portnoy thing. It's like they will extrapolate anything and it's sad. Yeah, and it's it's all for clicks, man. I mean, it's 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 the di- yeah. uh, to me sometimes it's like the dying kind of breath, you know, like the last dying. Like if you ever watch a, a gazelle get killed by a, a, a big cat, you know, like a cheetah or a, or a lion, it's like yes. that last little kick that they're they're already it's over, it's done, but they just try one last little bit before the end. That's what I feel like it's it's an act of desperation for something that's yeah. like it's it's the dying breath of an industry. Because journalism's fucking dead. One of the best journalists out there right now is Russell Brand, the dude from uh, what's that? What's that I movie? Know. Um, uh, forgetting get Sarah him Marshall. To the Greek. I know. Yeah, get him to the Greek. Get Same thing. These, these snozberries taste like snozberries. <laughs> like that whole thing. No, that was uh, was that what he was doing when he was scratching the paper or scratching, sniffing the wall? I, yeah, I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, yeah. But that's uh, super troopers too. But, but anyways, but yeah, it's, it's like he's doing no, some of the best true. journalism out there. You know, and you got it's guys so like sad. me who were like, people are like, oh my God, you're so refreshing. And it's like, I'm a fucking asshole with the microphone who used to do self-help. Like, I just cared about this stuff and didn't really ever talk about it. And now I'm fucking pissed because my life got yeah. fucked up and I'm I'm spiteful of this whole situation. And I and, and it's, all these things are going on. So many things. I mean, middle wars in the Middle East, uh, a genocide in Yemen. And you're sitting here talking about some silly ass bullshit because you don't have the balls to actually be a journalist. Like journalism, there's like five sad. real journalists in the world right now. Five. It's, 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 it's so it's sad. Wretched. It's wretched. I know. I mean, yeah. And I it's have American, a story. And American like, culture I, is just, American culture is just like degrade and eroding. It's fucking weird. I know. It's really, it's sad. And it's sad because I, and really quick, like my last thought on all of that is like with you're saying with the money making machine, it's like, it's sad because it's like, they know they can make money off someone like Dave Portnoy. And it's like, if you really wanted to help women, like why don't you interview people like pull a Ronan Farrow, bitch? Why don't you interview people yeah. who had their lives destroyed by like a Weinstein or an R. Kelly? But no, it won't get clicked. So it's just sad. But to your point, um, it's funny because people tell me that all the time. They're like, you're so refreshing. You say exactly what I'm thinking and no one else says it. And it's people from all walks of life from all same with you, like all sides of the you know political aisle. But try telling that to the editors at Like they're so, I'm like, what don't they get? Like, what don't they get? You know, I was in the mainstream for so long and I always felt like I was fighting, like going up this uphill battle, trying to get pieces published, trying to interview this person about that. And it was like before it's time. It's when they were in their little group think boxes. They're like, no, Taylor, no, no, we can't run that. No, we can't do this. So now you would think like, we see Joe Rogan being the most successful, you know, <laughs> podcaster in the world. And you would think they would like have a brain and be like, huh, I wonder what he's doing. But no, they're so committed to staying in their little boxes that we hear it's refreshing all the time. We hear that Joe Rogan is so successful and refreshing all the time. And yet you see these mainstream outlets like literally digging their own grave 
and then setting themselves on fire and then getting into the grave. It's so annoying and wild to me. It's so fun. It's fun to watch for me because I see people like, like, for example, this this all kind of happened in a few day period. Do you know who Brian Stelter is on CNN? Of course. Yeah, that, I saw some of your posts. Oh, man. I know. He's I re- so silly. He's the most, he's a talentless piece of shit. Like, it's like, it, it reminds me of like, you know, those musicians that are like, um, that just like, they're famous, but they don't really, they're not that talented. They just auto tune and have the right people. He's like that, but for yes. news. Selena Gomez. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Olivia Rodrigo is, is better than Selena Gomez personally. But um, yeah. anyways, I'm a big Taylor Swift fan also. But um, oh. uh he was talking about how these, like, he was kind of criticizing people who don't trust mainstream media outlets. And he's like, we have all of these, yeah, we have all the, we have research rooms, we have this and that. And I'm like, bro, I would be careful saying that you have all these resources because you're wrong about so many things. And all you do is fucking lie us into wars. Joe Rogan's never lied us into a war. Right. So that was like, you played a part in that you eggheaded fuck. And that's, it's kind of my, what I was, he looks like Humpty Dumpty. It's in a really funny way. But then, (laughs) then the next, then then a few days later, the, the demographic or the, uh, the viewership data comes out for Tucker Carlson's show. And guess who has the most, um, most liberal audience in the key demo of 24 to 35 Tucker Tucker fucking Carlson. 36% of that demo it, the Democratic twenty, uh, no, so thirty six percent of his audience in that demo is Democrats and or left leaning people, and it's like thirty one is independents and then thirty something is conservatives. I'm like, it's because Tucker actually, it, whether it's genuine or not, will actually b- challenge some narratives, which is what people that are our age, like millennials, are so hungry for. Like we actually remember the '90s, bro. We remember Nirvana. We remember people like coming out and being anti establishment and like kind of idolized that in a way. <sighs> Like remember, like old school Fuck fucking yeah. Gwen Stefani and shit were like, fuck the, fuck the man, you know? And, and now they are the that. man. Now they're all, now they're all like. Neil fucking young, dude. Sucking his <laughs> dick. Right, exactly. And it's like, what is this? Like, this is not what I signed up for. And so it's up to people like you and me not to yeah, be cheesy. We're the heroes. They, not all heroes were capes, guys. But it's like insane to me that they don't catch on to this. And it's really sad because, you know, a bitch needs work. Like a bitch needs to make, you know, her coin. And they're out here like giving people like Brian Stelter and The View and all these dinosaurs. And the Brian Stelter thing, it's like, at some point, it really makes me wonder, do you, are you lying or do you believe your own lie? Because CNN is the biggest fucking joke on the planet. It's not only like, the narratives they run with. But if they, if you notice, I will look to see how they cover something, what they don't cover, what details they leave out. So it's not only like for him to say like, oh, we try so hard to blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, they're crucifying Joe Rogan. They're crucifying this and that. I'm like, do you believe your own lie? Like what? It's just such a joke. Like it literally is a joke. And they just got bought out and they're getting, they're going to get cleaned house. And they're like, we want to go back to our news roots. That's what they're saying over at CNN. Like just fucking share the news, you know, like they used to back in the day. And and that's like, there's a huge market for that. But I was like, here's what you should do. I was like, you should be a blend of MSNBC and Fox. And just alternate. I mean, you should have yeah. a Rachel Maddow for an hour and then a Tucker Carlson for an hour, right? not them. Genius. And just and just fucking roll with it and be like, here's and they'll cover the same shit from opposite directions because you're not the idea that we're gonna have objective views outside of independent media like Breaking Points or my show or these other kind of like like even those are rare, right? Russell Brand, I would say even Rogan is nonpartisan. Yeah. Like you look at that and it's right, like right. there's very few of us, but I still have my obje- I still have my biases and I share them. I'm like, people, oh yeah. 
people know where I'm coming from. I'm like, I'm a little bit left of center on most things, but I like guns and shit like that. You know, it's like, it's (laughs) like my my biases are, I'm, I'm clear with them. Whereas these people try to pretend that they're the most trusted name like, in news. We're now, now the, the most, the most, the, what we can do that's the most trusted is alternate a left, uh, a, a, which is a neoliberal view with a neoconservative view, with an independent view, with a socialist view, with a libertarian view, like blend all that shit together, have a view, the view, right? Like that kind of thing, that kind of set up in the morning instead of morning Joe with fucking yeah. the CIA and the CI fucking a, right? Like that's yeah. the situation there and put a bunch of fucking, put like a bench of on there with like a with yeah. like a fucking democratic Genius. socialist like a bernie sanders supporter like um one of his uh like a cory bush type person like and let them just go at it let them just uh, have at it but the funny thing is all these motherfuckers all these partisan assholes right that sit here and talk shit and yell into the camera like hassan P- piker and ben shapiro and these other guys right they all yeah. get re- when they're talking to the, and i'm the same way when you're talking to the camera it's one thing as soon as they get on a fucking debate stage they are so kind to one another and it's like you just uh, called that person an anti-american piece of shit two weeks ago yeah. you fucking pussy like if I get on a fucking panel stage, Listen. I'm gonna be the I'm gonna try to be the same, right? I may not be as aggressive because we're having a conversation, but it's like I'll call yeah. somebody the fuck out. I don't need to like tiptoe around it. Whereas like as soon as those cowards get together, it's like oh, but we're friends now. It's like oh, but I respect your views, and I'm like what? That's the weirdest yeah. fucking thing. They're all a bunch of cowards, and that's what it comes down to. And I call it out on my show all the time, and it's sad because again, it's like I said. People always say how refreshing for someone like you, for someone like me. And you know what? When, when it comes down to it, I put the mainstream on blast all the time. Even outlets I've worked for. I don't <laughs> fucking care. They all are a bunch of pussies. Like, what do you have to lose? You clearly see people like the Russell Brands, like the Joe Rogans being so successful. But no, you're so fucking committed to your perfect little, you know, woke mainstream box that even if it would be to your benefit, even if it would make your more make you more money and get you more viewers, you still won't do it. So pussies, like it's <laughs> it really grinds my gears. It really pisses me off because oh, it's like they're getting in their own way. Like literally, you would be more successful. So I don't know what you're so committed to. Yeah, it's like what do you you're dying on a hill that no one cares about? It's like it's the silly and people pick the silliest fights mm-hmm. to care about. It's like, dude, just leave it, leave it alone. And that's yeah. It's funny that, the, that, you know, as someone who remembers the conservatives, like the party of like anti-gay marriage, which was just even, when I, but it was growing up in a conservative world. Like it's a different thing. Like I listened to Rush Limbaugh when I was like 12. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like oh I was like, gosh. I was like pro-life before I even had sex. That's and I, I, I always said now, I was like, you don't get to have an opinion on, on pro-choice or vote, pro-life if you're a virgin. Okay. Like you have to have, have like been, been in a situation <laughs> where that could be a reality for you, for you to even have an yes. opinion. There's so much going on that it's like, it, it really is quite confusing. And I think for all of us out here, just trying to like live our goddamn life. It's like, just, can you just shut up? Can you just leave me, leave me alone? I know. And, 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 and per- these people position, it's like, well, now I went from this team to that team. And I'm like, that's why I'm like, this is dude, I don't need to be on a team. I don't need the support of, of, no, of, a, of a elephant or a donkey. And I just want to, I want to live my life. <laughs> and like, I tend to, and we're going to, I want to get into this with you, like view life in a different way. And I don't know why that is. Maybe I've done too many psychedelics. Maybe I haven't done enough psychedelics. I don't know, but I just look at life in a different way. It's why I have a non-traditional relationship and do these different things. And, and I'm curious, like for you, what do you think draws you to being like, so willing to like, essentially what we both do is put targets on our fucking back. Like what makes you want to feel okay doing that? 
or, or it makes you feel excited. I get excited to do it. I'm like, fuck you, bring it on. And you're like, cancel me, try it. Fuck you. Like that's, mm-hmm. we have this, we have the same, we have the same kind of perspective in that way. Like, what do you think led you there? It is. And I think that's something people don't realize. Like I truly am sticking my neck out as you are. And I think that's why, like what we were just talking about, I get so fired up in it because I do have a dog in this race because I do want my thoughts and my views that I think could really impact people out there. And I get rejected by these like all day, every day. I made a joke to my friend the other day. I was like, if I get an email back, it's a good day. If it's not shitting on me, it's a miracle. Like I'm so, so I'm putting, you know, I've sacrificed so much, you know, personally and professionally. And it's not just to like get on here and rant and ramble. It's because, you know, I really feel like I always looked around being as someone in the media and being a reporter. It's funny because I went out to LA like wanting to be a Juliana Rancic. And then it took me two seconds to be like, this is trash. Like, let's get to something deeper. And it's just, I looked around saying, you know, I'm feeling this, I'm thinking this, why is no one talking about this? And it's just my way of, sometimes I'll see a news story or I'll see things people are talking about and I'll, I'll have such a reaction and I'll think to myself, I know I can't be, I know I'm not nuts. I know I can't be the only one feeling this way or having this reaction, but why aren't I seeing it out there? Mm -hmm. And so I put my neck out because I feel like it's my way of number one, having impact, allowing people to think about things in a different way, but also, and this sounds kind of cheesy, but it's true. And it's why I would talk to celebrities on the red carpet about stuff we all actually dealt with because I love the idea of someone looking at it and relating and being like, oh my God, it's not just me. Like, I love when I get, I'm sure you do too. I love nothing more than when I get, you know, DMs from people from all walks of life going, thank God, thank you. Thank you for saying this because I don't hear it anywhere else and it needs to be said. It's a different kind of me too movement. It's like, yeah, me too. Yeah, actually kind of, yeah. (laughs) And that's what drives me. It's like kind of, you know, getting to the truth of things and cutting through the bullshit and- you know, having that impact. It's just really important to me. When I think it's, I'm I'm really grateful for people like you because you take it from a different perspective as a woman, as a woman who's been in Hollywood, as a woman who's been like dealt with some bullshit and been around these things, it's really refreshing to see it. And you're so like outspoken and, and ridiculous, which is one of the things that we talked about Candace Owens earlier and how she was kind of railing against feminism. And we're, you kind of had this take where feminism allowed Candace Owens to have her own talk show and to do these things and to be a boss bitch and speak out loud and have these controversial opinions. And then what does she just go like shit on it for clicks? Because she thinks that there's some kind of government conspiracy theory of a bunch of white dudes who want to like make their children subservient. I don't know. I have, it makes no sense. And I'm curious, like why, like what, maybe I'm looking at it from a different perspective because I've never been a woman in media. Right. And I think there is a part of that. Um, but she's got this big name and she's got, she's yeah. making hella money. She's married to somebody who's wealthy. Like she can afford all the childcare she needs. Right. And then, right. and I think there is a place we've talked about this on your show about like having single family income and being able to like have somebody present in the home is great. Whether it's the man or the woman, or if you're a gay couple, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like having someone around for your kids is great. But like, why pick that fucking hill to die on? Right. Here's why I think, and that's actually a good question is why. Because I look at her and I just react. I'm thinking what you're saying literally doesn't make sense. She basically is says feminism is evil and it's the government's way 
of taking women away from their household so that the government can manipulate and corrupt your children. And she, I think at one point she literally says in this rant, she's been on this tirade on Instagram in the last week, but she says something like feminism will make you miserable. And it's a good question to ask why. Cause I just react right away and I go, you literally are benefiting from this bitch more than anyone I know. Like you have it popping in home. You have it popping at work. You're making a ton of money. You're killing it. You know, whether you love her or hate her in the talk show game, you know, you're probably going to run for office one day. And I imagine that you'll be successful. So you are benefiting from this. So exactly. It's like, why is this the hill to die on? And I think here's why, because I've been following her stuff. And a lot of my viewers say this too. They're like, I used to really love her, but everything lately with this bitch is a conspiracy theory. Like everything is like the government is out to get you. The go- And I consider myself like a bit of a libertarian. I'm like, can you just back the fuck off and let us yeah. live our lives? So I could understand where she's like back off, but I think it kind of piggybacks off of her thing lately. She's been on this really, and a lot, some of it I appreciate, but she's been on this deep dive against vaccines beyond COVID, how now she has a young child, she's having another one. So she's becoming privy to all of these vaccines that they're trying to just like force on her kid. And she's mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, why? So I think since she's gone down that path, now she's like, see, see, see all the things that they'll do. So this way they can corrupt your kids. So I feel like it's just like gone down this rabbit hole. And I'm just like, talk about just talking to talk. It's like, but are you even making sense? Like, and, But you know, she's the same person that'll defend a for-profit healthcare system, which is the reason that her kids need 160 vaccinations because they're very, very profitable. <laughs> it's like, it's oh, so, just, so, so, so you need, so you, are you criticizing capitalism? Is that what we're doing here? Or no, because you couldn't do that. That's off brand for you, but you don't understand your own hypocrisy, which that's is really true. Cute. That's actually interesting. Yeah, that's her, that's interesting because she will say like all of this is big pharma making money, blah, blah, blah. But right. It's like it's funny because it all kind of like falls in on itself. Yeah, it's a house of right? cards because it's like you are for cap- capitalism. Right, exactly. So but I look at more at it from a um, social um perspective, you know, and the whole idea of like feminism and being in the house and in work. And, you know, she said this about a lot of things. She's talked about the idea of women showing their bodies and how she's literally kind of in the same vein. She's literally said like, you will be unfulfilled and you will be a miserable person and you're unhappy with your life. You know, if you show your body, whether it be on Instagram or whatever. So you know, it's just, again, are you saying things just to say it? Do you, it's like the Brian Stelter. It's like two sides of the same coin. Like, do you yeah. really believe it? Yeah. Do you really, and, like, and, why? and I never know. I, I can, like, there's some people I can like Russell Brand's a great example. That motherfucker believes what he says, right? When I tell you something, I may yeah. be wrong. I can be wrong, but at least I'm being honest. I can't trust her to do that. I can't trust her I to agree. be honest. You know what I mean? Like I can but, be wrong about things. I can yeah. maybe, maybe I say something that's offensive and wrong, but I'm, I'm open to hearing the other side of the story and I'm open to being wrong. But I'm not, yeah. I'm not lying. I'm not bullshitting you. You know what I'm saying? I just feel like with her and like with people like her, there's no nuance. Like they're so just like inflammatory. And and even like take the example, right? Of you're a woman and you're going to show your body and you're going to be miserable. It's like as someone who's in Playboy, I can acknowledge both things. Like I can acknowledge that showing my body was a really, you know, it was a like a, uh, what is it? It's a dream. It was a dream come true. It's something that I always wanted to do. And it was so impact, you know, empowering now 
am I on Instagram on a G you know, in a G string every day? No, because that's just not fulfilling to me. And I do think that to Candace Owens point, there is a side of it now where it's become like so over the top sexualized, so shameless. It's becoming younger and younger and it's too much. So it's like, I can understand both, but with her, she's like, you will literally hate yourself and every, like, it's just, you know, it's. Yeah. I mean, it can be like, like like, for example, Let's just use casual sex as an example. Like casual sex, it can be really great. If you know where you're at, if you know what you need, if you're exploring things, if you're learning things, if you're honest with people, if people, you know, you know, right. if you're safe, it can be great. It does have a shelf life. You know what I'm saying? Like at a certain point, it becomes very empty and hollow. And to so to say casual sex is bad and it will leave you unfulfilled is not true. And to say that casual sex is awesome and you should do it forever is also not true. Like you need to learn how to develop intimacy as a man or a woman. It depends on what you're probably going to have some kind of inadequacies because no one was raised perfectly and there's things that are going on. But it's again, it's nuanced, right? It's like some people, yeah, that can become a toxic cycle. And some people that maybe grew up in purity culture need to go try some new things and learn as a woman a lot of times, ask for what you want, find out what you want, Mm -hmm. ask to try things. Like that's all important. But she would say like sex before marriage is unfulfilling you will be worse off for it, which is fucking stupid. Right. It is fucking stupid. And that's the thing. Like I told you in my show, now she has this thing with all of her followers and they're like, I am the CEO. Yeah, I'm CEO of my house because, you know, raising a child is what we were brought here to do. And like, that's fine. Like I'm somebody who wants to have it all. I want to have a great family life and I also want to fucking kill it career wise. But it's so unrealistic for her to like, I don't know. It's just so... Why can't it be both? Like, yeah. why, again, as someone who's benefiting from it, and that's the thing, she'll be like, you'll be unhappy if you don't do this. You'll be unhappy. And it's just like, I don't know, you'd be unhappy if you didn't have your talk show. So, yeah, exactly. So it's like, is that what you want to do? Is you want to be a stay at home mom? Like, then go be a stay at home mom. No one's stopping you. You've got the money. Go be a stay at home mom then. Then shut the fuck up. Right. Exactly. It's like, I want somebody, and it just strikes such a chord with me because I want, women to, and it's, it's this whole debate now, right. Too of like feminism and what they're trying to do, but hers is like an extreme version of it. So I feel like, and one of my viewers said this and it's so true. What they're trying to do is I feel like in the name of quote equality is make men like women and women like men. And I feel like there is truth to that. And I'm somebody who loves men being masculine. And I love being a feminine woman. Like I love that we can like respect each other and have our different roles. We don't have to fucking be like one another. Like men don't have to become pussies and vice versa to respect one another. But now you have like Candace Owens and it's like an extreme version of that. It's like, okay, woman, like you don't want to be like men at all. So we're going to have you make banana bread all day and you'll be happy. Okay. Like it's a, it's a backwards, like extreme well, version. And it's of the same people, those roles, the same people that are like, I'm the CEO of my house, da, 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 whatever, cheering her on. And it's like, but then the same thing is like in the government's like, you need to take a vaccine. It's better for you. And they're like, quit trying to tell me how to live my life. And it's like, but Candace Owens just told <laughs> right? you to, to quit your fucking job and go stay at home and, you know, be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. And you were fucking cheering her on for cherry telling you how to live your fucking life. How about both of you guys shut the fuck up and let me live how I want to live and figure it out. Cause maybe I will, exactly. maybe, you know, maybe you will want to, you have, we'll have a kid one, but you know what? I want to spend more time with my kid and be super present. Or maybe you have a stay at home husband who fucking knows or who cares. And maybe that yeah. guy is super masculine. <laughs> like it doesn't like, there's a lot of there's a lot more nuance yeah. to it than ever, but it's like people, it's like, it's like people actually do want to be told how to live their lives just like by the people is, they agree that with. That is, 
that is the thing. And it goes back into what you were saying earlier about the whole vaccine. Like it, nothing drives me again, common sense. Nothing drives me more insane than seeing people say, and look like I'm vaccinated. So it's not a big deal to me, but I'm like you, like, I don't care what you do, but it drives me nuts when people are like, it's the healthy thing for you and for your neighbors and da, 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 da. And I'm like, where is this energy about, it's like kind of the Joe Rogan thing, but like, where is this energy about going to the fucking gym or not eating KFC all day or not smoking 20 million cigarettes a day? It's just, it's so yeah, it's the, it's the, it's, and it's the thing that's like, it's, it's like, it's, it's the right thing to you. Like it's like <laughs> the right thing and the it's, wrong thing. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, that's what the net Australia yeah. was doing that. It's like, did they do the right thing? And it's like, who the fuck are you to tell me what's right for me? Like get out of my face. It's like this, it's very yeah. Orwellian 1984 shit. That's why we use that brand, yeah, a lot is. of that branding for thought, for thought criminals. It's like, it's just I so crazy. It. And I actually last year, Connor had a book club for some of my viewers for a 1984 book club. And we did it over the span of, we did it per chapter. Cause you know how it's four, yeah. it's like four parts, I think. So we did one for each and yeah. Oh man. It's such an incredible time. I need to, uh, I need to, I actually listened to that while I was elk hunting. So I was just like walking around the woods or laying in my tent, just like listening to 1984. It was a great, it was a great experience. I was just out in the middle of nowhere, just listening to that book. Um, isn't it crazy though, how much it relates, especially when it comes to like how they tell you one thing, double the thing. other is true Yeah, and people believe it. It's so wild. Well, and it's the fun, the crazy thing, the crazy thing about that book is that it was written in the forties. That's what trips me the yeah. fuck out. It's like, oh, wow. Like this guy was, he was off a few decades, but like this is getting, and, it, and of course uh-huh. it's like, it's, it's just like any, like a recreation of a true story in Hollywood. It's a, of course it's dramatized, but like the ministry of truth thing, like it seems to be resonating. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, and it's, and it's weird because it's become so polarized and people just want to be like confirmed all the time in their own little bubbles. And it's, it's, we don't have a fun time to be able to challenge. And then you have one podcast where people can go. And that's why I want to do over an hour with these shows is because like you get to the good stuff after an hour and a half, you know, you get to the the, the last 30 minutes of the Joe Rogan experience. It's the best because it's like, what the fuck else are we going to talk about? And you start digging in your brain for shit to talk about or disagree about. And you can, you can sit there and have like uh, Jordan Peterson and Sam Harris just did another podcast. And Sam Harris has really, I don't know if you know who he is, but he's really pissed me off lately because he, he was a big influence in my life. And now he thinks because I'm unvaccinated, I'm like a shitty idiot, stupid person. That's like a, a villain. And he's articulated that. It makes me feel like an idiot. And he's like, and I'm like, dude, I respect you so much. And you like really added a huge impact on my life. And now like one of somebody that I hold to high esteem has now started looking at me like I'm a bad guy because of a personal decision that I made. And it re- like, it, it, it like really upset me. Like it's, it's been, I, like I have a hard time because it's like, that's like one of my heroes. Don't be your heroes. Like he helped, he helped me so much coming out of Christianity and the end of faith and free will and these other books. I just like fucking waking up. It's all these great books that got me into meditation and spirituality. And now he's like, you're a bad guy. And I'm like, how about you go sit on that for a minute and do some uh, expansive loving meditation like you have on your fucking app, you asshole. But anyways, him and Jordan Peterson had their first podcast together and they spent two and a half hours arguing about the fucking meaning of the word truth. Right. Most people didn't like that. I'm super like heady like that. I loved it. I was like, these people are just going back and forth on the fucking nuances of a single fucking word and what it means. Capital T truth, you know, like this whole thing. You don't get that when you're just saying what somebody wants to hear. You don't get that kind of thing where you're like down the goddamn rabbit hole where shit just like your brain's in a pretzel and you're like, the fuck, I don't even know what is reality anymore. Like you have like, that's fun. It makes you question your existence. It makes you question all these things. And that's like, 
to me a more fun way to live. You know, it's like, 100. oh, like what is what is even real? Like that's there's that can be a problem. Yeah. It's like, well, there's gender real, and it's like, shut up. Like we're having a, a philosophical conversation and a thought experiment here. Like, don't take it too seriously. But like, what is perceived reality? You know, like it why? Is, and and it gets, you know, it goes into what you said earlier, which is like, why put your neck out? Like, why risk everything? And it's that idea. And it's even like earlier, earlier, what we were talking about, like your show and what happens when cancel culture isn't a thing anymore. And it's like the Wild West and the Renaissance that we can just say whatever the fuck we want. And that's what it's all about. It's that idea of like, again, it sounds cheesy, but that idea of like starting conversation and like community and like that always to me was just. I don't know. It's like an impulse. Even when I always joke, like even when I was in college, they would always joke. We'd be sitting around the dorm, like drinking, whatever. And they'd be like, Ferber can't even have a moment of silence because I'd be like, all right, guys, like two truths and a dare or like never have I ever like getting into getting to like the core of shit, you know? So I just find it, you know, fascinating. Yeah. And just humans are just, we're fun. We're a fun little weird creature that kind of like, we're like kind of enlightened, but also kind of monkeys. And it's like this weird, we're in this weird middle place where, and even just like cultures, how they evolved is is crazy. That's one thing that I really feel like about this, like kind of whitewashing of culture is really strange. It's like, we, we, we came from Africa, right? And then we went everywhere as a species, right? It's like the race of humans. And then you have like these people over here and these people over here. And they kind of came up with a different way to live than these people. And then all of a sudden, fast forward to several thousand years, and now we've got airplanes, so we can just like fly over there and fly over there. And we started mixing all these cultures together, which at the beginning was really chaotic and problematic. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, we'll steal them and put them over here and put them to work. Like that was fucked up. But now we're like, whoa, like you can go somewhere else, and it's like a different reality. That's fucking cool. Like that's really yeah. crazy. And it's like the idea that's so novel that we have not very often, not very long in human existence have we been able to just like see that it's like oh you guys came up with a completely different way to look at this thing than we did wow like that's cool know, like let's take the best of both and like figure it out yeah it is cool but on the flip side of it though i feel like you know the dark side and this is like nothing revolutionary people talk about this all the time but on the flip side of how fast we're moving and all the technology it's so much information and mm-hmm. it's too much and it's so overstimulating and you know not to get dark but i mean like, look at all the young people, you know, committing suicide. It's just, it's so, it's so much and it's so overbearing. And I always like, on my show, I'll always re- reminisce about old school nostalgia, whether it be like riding your fucking bike or like film, you know, I always loved watching, like I saw Friday the 13th for the first time, not too long ago. Cause I hosted an event in LA for its anniversary. And I loved how they like looked so pure and they didn't have phones and, you know, the old school, just like way of being. And I think, you know, it's, it makes me sad. It makes me sad for future generations because like what happens? How far do we go? I mean, literally it's like, we're losing grip on even how to fucking communicate what VR sex, like yeah. it's just all of it. I don't know. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's a little uh, too fast. And there's a re- people are, a lot of people are longing for that. And you see that in media, right? Like stranger things. Um, uh, I love Stranger, Stranger Things. Things is a great show. It's got it's got the first season's incredible. Second season's pretty good. <laughs> oh, but I know. Like, but like it's like you, it's always thirty years behind, right? You want like it's like that's like late eighties, nineties nostalgia, right? Yeah. And then you, now the nineties are nostalgic, which is cool because I lived through those, so I was around for some of that shit. Which is like if you look at seventies nostalgia, like I wasn't around. It's all conceptual. Like Back to the Future was third, like that was thirty years before. Right. It's like always right. that thirty year gap because people can kind of 
kind of look back on it, but it's far enough away that you just kind of idealize it, you know? And we yeah. look at that and it's like, yeah, there was a time. I remember not having a, like my cell phone. I didn't, I remember the first text message I ever sent. I was like seven, 16 or 17. Remember and it's Nextel? Like, uh, didn't have that. Oh, Nextel wasn't a thing out there. No. It was like, I'm like out there in the. In Texas. Cornfields. <laughs> no, <just laughs> we established this in my show, guys. So I'm from Connecticut. So yeah, Connor. She doesn't, she doesn't get the rural Texas. me about. Yeah, he enlightened me about the rural ways, but um, yeah. What is next? Is that just I a self, self? I think oh, so like next hell. So it was like the cool thing when we were in high school and it was a cell phone. It was literally like a block of cement, but the cool thing about it was you could just hit the side and it was like a walkie talkie. Oh. And I wanted one so bad. And my parents were like, no, bitch. You're not like, no, but it was like all the cool kids had it. And you would just bleep like a little walkie talkie and talk to each other. That's like, so ridiculous. Thing. Wow. I mean, it's this comes awesome. so far, but it's like, we're, I'm in my phone all the time. I'm in my phone all the time. And it's, I'm like, dude, I just wish I could go back to when that wasn't the thing. And we had to like call each other. I had to memorize my, I've, I was around, I had to memorize my friend's self or house numbers. And I had to call and be like, hey, is someone so there? They want to come out and play? Like, I don't know. You know, it was just, and even in know. terms of like sexual exploration, I remember when we were growing up, we would play games in the neighborhood, like capture the flag, whatever. And then like, it would get to that hour and we'd be like, okay, show for show. Okay. You show me with the guys and the girls, like you show me mine and I'll show. And what is it now? Like text? Like, it's just, I don't know. Like, do they pass notes? Well, if you watch like, it, just- I feel like the show Euphoria does a good job of like summing up like the extreme of what it is now, which is it's like, Jesus fucking Christ. I'm glad I didn't have to deal with that. You know what I mean? Like. So I haven't seen it. Oh, I have to watch it. I'm dude. like, I know it's funny because people people always say like for someone who like pop culture is my wheelhouse and my world, I'm behind on a lot of things. But I've heard it's fucking nuts. Well, I mean, I've only seen the first season. I think I think that was kind of enough for me. They just handle a lot of complex. I think Zendaya is great. I think I like I like her in that show. She does a good job of yeah. dealing with. It's like an addict teenager. It's heavy as fuck. Uh, it's just a heavy yeah. show, but you're like, wow, it's like so much different. Of course, it's it's a little bit extreme, like, but it sums up a lot of crazy things that kids deal with nowadays. And that's why you see these like wow, that suicides and shit. It's 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 nuts, man. And we outpaced ourselves, and we're and we just keep fucking going. It's like, can we just hit the pause button for like thirty years? Like, let's just stay. Let's like get the plastic out of the ocean. Let's like deal with some shit. You know, like let's make progress where we need to, but maybe we don't need to like overdo it anymore because we're becoming irrelevant in the world that we're creating. And it's really strange. Mm -hmm. It's so weird. And then we have these debates on like, I think there's too many people on the planet. I'm there. But they're like, well, more people solve more problems. And I'm like, yeah, but less people cause us no. less problems. So like, no, which exactly. one do you want to do? It's and like, and then the, the, like yeah. the people like the great reset and the global depopulation agenda. And I'm like, maybe it'll be better. Maybe that's what we need to do. Fuck it. And everywhere is crowded. I'm over it. Everywhere is yeah. crowded. It's becoming more expensive. Fucking everywhere you go. Yeah, it's crazy. Over it. But you know, what's funny is we are having... I'll talk about this on my show. I mean, we aren't having, you know, like people are setting, settling down later. We're not having kids as much. I mean, by this time, our grandparents had what, like a flock, like yeah. 1500 kids by now. So in a house, they so had a house crazy. and they were 25. And it's like, it was funny. I actually yeah. watched this video the other day. It was Jake Tran does like mini documentaries. And it was the guy who owns like uh, Dior and all those brands. Right? he owns like a lot of, I don't know, like all of them, all those like luxury brands. And the reason there was a rise in luxury brands is because, and they became so profitable when he was buying them before this all happened is because people were getting married later, which means they were making more money and being single, which meant they could start spending money on themselves. And a lot of times women, men, whatever would buy 
these fancy clothes, right? Like uh, Versace, these other, this other shit like that created this huge market for like quality, like fancy handbags and stuff. Whereas our parents' generation before that, they had kids at that age. They were doing other things. They were spending money elsewhere. And you could see that dictated in the market. And he, this guy is the third richest man in the world. I think is like crazy. It's some absurd amount of money. And uh, like owns museums and a super yacht like Jeff Bezos's that has a yacht attached to the uh-huh. yacht. Like one of those things. And it was just like, oh, wow. Like I never thought <laughs> yeah. about it from that perspective of like, we do. I think getting married later is awesome. I think I'm so glad I waited till my mid thirties to have a kid. Like these are really, I think it's good. You know, I got to figure some things you out. You have kids? No, no, we're working on it right now. Oh, that's what I thought. Cause that's what you said in my show. Oh, so yeah. I'm like, got it. Okay. Yeah. You're yeah. Just saying hypothetically. You it'll be, yeah. Okay. I'll be in my mid thirties when the child exists. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I like that. But then you have a bunch of people as generally on the right being like, if you're a woman who's after 25, you're now past your prime and you are the problem. And I think that is yeah. so incredibly odd to me. I'm like, dude, no, that is not the case. You need to have your life. Like you, and then, and now if you had yeah. kids young and that's like, and you, and there's women out there that absolutely love that life and that's for them. And it's fucking awesome. And I'm like, I'm rooting for them just as much as anybody else. And I'll be very clear about that, but it is a personal choice. And there's not like, it's freedom. Yeah. Like, what do you want to do? It's free. It's freedom. Period. But this is the thing. And this is where I talk about like the pendulum, right. And the extremes and like feminism going to the other side, because I would see this in Hollywood and even still in interviews I'll do. Cause I'll have celebrities every now and then on my show where actors doing movies coming out and stuff. And it's the other extreme of that, right? Like you have the Candace Owens being like, yes, like Betty Crocker is my spirit animal is the way to be. But then you have the other end of it of women being like, I don't need no man, period. Yeah, work all till the day I die, CEO, blah, blah, men are trash. And I just wish that we had more people saying like, you know what, I'm going to fucking do both and I'm going to thrive because that is, that's what freedom is, is having, you know, in my mind for women to have it all. I mean, that's what I want and that's what I strive for. And it's like, it's too much of both extremes, I think. Yeah, and I think that some things, everything comes at a sacrifice, right? I think just like that our our culture now does not want to acknowledge that, like, if you want to have kids, that is a sacrifice of certain things. If you don't want to, that's also a sacrifice of certain yeah. things. Yeah. And you might make the wrong decision and be 50 and be like, man, I wish I would have had kids or man, I wish I wouldn't have had kids. Like, you, that's what, all of those things happen to all kinds of different people. And that's okay. You know what I mean? But like, we just need to acknowledge like there's, it, it doesn't matter what Jordan Peterson's great about this. Like life's a game of sacrifices. And Mark Manson talks about this too. It's like, you literally are defined in your life by what you will sacrifice things for, because that dictates your values. What you'll, what Damn. you'll, if you'll give something up to do something, then you value that thing. And if you won't, then you don't. That's true. It's fucking straight. It's that straightforward. <gasps> Thank you for saying that because it really hits home. We talked about it before we, a little bit before we hopped on here and we talk about like why we do what we do. And it's true. Like I, I don't share it with my viewers, but I've sacrificed so much to try to succeed and go down this path. And it's true. It's like what you are willing to sacrifice just shows. Yeah. Exactly. What's important to you. It's, Ooh, and it's, yeah, it, it will, it will, if you do that and like, you just look at that and then like, that's what my values are. Don't because you'll I'm say your, your values will just say if, you'll, if somebody says what do you value you'll just say the the platitudes, but look at what you'll fucking give up in your life and then that but that yeah, goes every way no. and that's what much more complicated than Jesus said this or men are bad or whatever the fucking colloquial terms are. I'm curious because you asked me why I do what I do. Why do you do what you do? I honestly feel like I have a little bit of a responsibility too. Um, 
I've spoken a lot and like been controversial a lot and been in front of groups. I mean, I was a CrossFit coach for a long time. So I spent times in front of groups of five to 50 people several hours a day for years and learned how to do that and, and speak to people and like teach. I, I was able to make complex things simple and people don't think about that from the terms of like weightlifting and gymnastics, but those things are complicated and sometimes kind of dangerous and you got to be able to make them simple enough to resonate with people, but also fun. And I really enjoyed making complicated uh, subject matter, like relatable to people. And then that yeah. really made sense when it came. I, and I was pretty politically engaged. So like that made sense after okay. everything went away. And I was like, my business kind of doesn't exist anymore to just do this. And I was like, I actually, I'm very comfortable being an asshole. I'm very comfortable being the dick. I do not, I've been that way my whole life. It is what it is. It's actually been a problem more than a, but now I'm like, I should leverage this personality trait and just like go for it. And I really do care about people. And that manifests in me being yeah. a dick to other people sometimes, but it is what it is. And I like say what I think. And I think that that's like, I'm resilient enough to do it. So I feel like there's a responsibility for me to do it. Cause fuck them. Brad. <laughs> I feel like you also have, a, I do too. I feel like you have a little like stick it to your man chip on your shoulder. Mm -hmm. Obviously they're coming, which you said, you're like, it pisses me off X, Y, Z, but I have that as well. But from the vantage point of, you know, like again, like the media and entertainment and just how, you know, all of it, like the hypocrisy and how fake things can be and all that. So, well, you even asked me about know. the Oscars and I was like, I have no idea what's going on there because I don't even think that the movies that they like are good. <laughs> well, that's what's funny. So Connor and I were kind of like spitballing before this being like, all right, what are we going to talk about? And it's funny because the Oscar nominations came out this week and that is the point in and of itself, case in point. It's like no one cares. So I'll talk a lot about as someone who was in Hollywood, like I've been to the Oscars. I've been to all the Oscar parties that, you know, that are so exclusive and they were a highlight of my career and they were awesome. So I can see it from both sides, but now it's like, it's kind of the same idea of what we were saying earlier with the networks. It's like, you guys got to get a little creative because no one cares. Yeah, and I was at my friend. Yeah. My friend asked me, he's like, will you do an, a segment as a pop culture expert on the USC entertainment, you know, thing, station to talk about the Oscar noms. And I'm like, sure. And I did it, but I talked about this. It's like, no one cares. You guys are so out of touch. Yeah. And like, the no one even knows what movies we haven't even been, been able to go to the fucking movies. So <laughs> what, like, I mean, I like what? Yeah. And it's, I mean, Marvel has like completely just engulfed the, the, Mar the MCU is like engulfed pop culture and, and movies for the longest time, but you can find some great movies out there. Like, but they all, a lot of them came out straight to TV, like, um, promising young woman. Have you seen that? I haven't, but it's I, actually, I a, feel like it would annoy me, but it's I, actually heard, a really, no, I heard it's incredible. It's a really I good movie. And I think I want to talk, I wanted to yeah. get into this as a, as you being someone who's super immersed in pop culture. I thought that movie was really well done. And I'm critical of movies like, um, Captain Marvel, for example, first off, Brie okay. Larson is, I like Brie Larson as an actress, not a superhero. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't fit the aesthetic. Her fight I've scenes, she looks slow. <laughs> she can't run. It, like everything that's not her flying in CGI made no sense. They were like, you're too emotional the whole movie. She never showed an ounce of emotion the whole time. She was kind of funny. And it was, she's good. She was good in like a train wreck with um, Amy Schumer. But like she's, and I like her, but that's just not, that's not her. That's not her role. Like she's not Captain, right. she's not the super, Captain Marvel is the Superman of the MCU. Like you're not that, I'm sorry. Like you need a Henry Cavill woman. Like, like looks like a fucking superhero and frustrates the totally. shit out of me. But then I watched like promising young woman. Right. And yeah. it's, it's, it's a one, like it's about this chick whose friend was uh, raped, gang raped 
and then committed suicide and her like personal vendetta. And she's like, it's super fucking dark is to ruin these people's lives. And the way she does it, the twist, the story, the character development, like the tension also real, also good. And the way that even the way it all ends makes sense. Right. Because what happens now is a, a woman in a movie now is indestructible, incredibly smart, has like uh the chick from the jet the the Star Wars movies. I forget her name. I didn't watch them, but like the Ray chick. And I didn't watch them because it's like she doesn't have a struggle. She just is like, I'm good at everything because I have a fucking pussy. And no, it's like, it's what the, are you the, doing, it's the dude? Strong female. Yeah, lead. And, and it's like strong. Dude, they fucking love that strong. They love that, but it's like everybody. you have to you, like there's a you have to go through a thing to get the power to do the thing. You can't just have it. If you just have it, it's boring as fuck. Like, that's not fun. Like you need to have, like, you need to all, like the hero's journey exists for a reason. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, even Thor, for example, the quintessential masculine fucking hero, like went through the darkest time, lost his eye. His mom got murdered. His dad died. His brother betrayed him. All these other things. And he went from being an egomaniac to being like funny Thor, like his Thor. But he like, he went, he like became, he's still an egomaniac, but it's fucking Thor. So he can be, but it was like, there was a story there. Right. Like even if you look at the Hulk and Mark Ruffalo, it's like that he had a str- an internal struggle like all of us do between him and the Hulk. It's like these are all real things and then combine them into one thing. That's a story. There's a story there was yeah. like some of these characters, these like the strong female lead thing is ruining fucking movies. And I love representation and I love bad bitches in movies like the show, The Americans. It's about um, Russian spies that live in the United States. When that woman and, and it's the girl that plays it, it was in Felicity, uh, Carrie Russell. She's tiny. But when she beats a man's ass in that show, it's not because she overpowered him. It's because she was a better fighter and more cunning and would like have a weapon. And it was like, not like she just like punched him and he was like an accommodating stuntman that just fell down. It was like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like she manipulated the shit out of him. Yeah. Yes. She like got on his back I and totally fucking broke his her. neck. And it was like, oh, that, that's, a, that's a real thing that could happen to somebody who was an untrained fighter. You know, like if, she, if she's a professional, that's how it would go. Like that's how, that's no, how a 130 pound UFC chick would beat my ass, you know? Right. Yeah, probably. No, it's that whole thing. And it's like of everything going so extreme, right? So it's like now, and even it's like Netflix, it's like they have a strong female lead category when you're browsing. And it's like, get over yourselves. It's that idea now of like everything going so extreme and women are perfect and women da 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 to your point. And my thing with promising young women, and I don't want to knock it because I have to see it first. And the reason I didn't, I've talked about it when it came out. Mm -hmm. And the reason I didn't see it is because again, I feel like it, and people are going to make their art, like make your, I'm not here to police people's art, but without seeing it, it feeds into this narrative of how men are so evil and bad and rotten and, and all of this. And now, while I can acknowledge it's probably a great, great story. I probably would love the movie. I'm sure. I just feel like it already, you know, feeds into this narrative again of like this, you know, this vendetta and men being so awful and rotten. And it's that idea of, again, of like, we talked about the Adidas boobs mm-hmm. uh, campaign in my show, but yeah. it's like that idea of everything going to the nth degree versus how subtlety can almost can also have such an impact. So do you remember the rape scene from Thelma and Louise? And this is uh, what I'm talking I've never, about. I've never seen it. Okay. So, you know, the premise of Thelma and, and Louise, it's like Susan Sarandon and um, what's her name? Gina Davis have met them both. And they, it's just, that to me is like an iconic female fucking movie because mm-hmm. it's these two women like beaten, getting, running away from their problems. And in one of the opening scenes, one of them, this is not a spoiler, this like yeah. is the premise of the movie, but one of them is 
almost raped out in a parking lot. And it's so like hard to stomach. It's so jarring. And the rest of the movie is them like taking ownership and like till the very bitter end. If you've seen it, you know what I mean? Like calling the own shots in their lives. And that to me is like so powerful. Again, not that that rape scene, almost rape scene was subtle, but it's like, it was so powerful and impactful. And then what happened after and how they really like took control. And to me, it's like that speaks volumes. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know comparing it to like a promising young woman where that is the entire movie and that is the whole thing. But I don't know. Again, it's just it's just that idea to me of how like we go to such lengths now in so many ways, like to such extremes to well, prove a point. Yeah, 1000%. And I think one th- one thing that I even told Kelly when I, we watched that movie and I was like, that was really well done, is that they didn't make the male characters all villainous pieces of shit. Like there was a guy who you would think in the whole movie is like a really bad person. And then she finally gets to the point and he's like racked with guilt, hates himself. All he wants is to be forgiven for fucking up. Like it was like, he was like, and he, he was, you know, but these other guys, like some of these were like, the situation was, it was like, it felt very real. It didn't feel like, Uh oh, like in a lot of these like strong female lead movies, all the men are just complete clowns. Right. Whereas that that was more, (laughs) that was more like, there was like redemption stories within the men that had done wrong things, like really bad things. And we're like trying to figure that all out. And like, there was, there was some redemption and there was some like understanding of nuance. I thought it was really well done from a man's perspective, looking at like, oh, they didn't just make, because my first thought was, oh, all these men are going to be fucking rapist, asshole, pieces of shit. And it was not like that at all. And I was okay. They like, they, they balanced it out in a way that actually makes sense. And I, and you can connect with that because that's how real people generally are, you know? Like you're not just like every, uh, yeah. And these, these strong female lead movies are just, it's, it gets, it can be done. And I, like I said, I love a bad bitch. I love a bad bitch led movie, but like Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel, that ain't it, dude. That is not I it. I have to just, oh, I, oh. And I also want to qualify with Thelma and Louise now that I'm thinking about it. It was rape or almost rape. I can't remember if it actually happened, but either way, but I have to say, I actually thought Wonder Woman was cool. I actually went on the set of Wonder Woman. Well, did you? Did you? I okay. covered it for Fandango. Yeah, and I talked to the, you know, Gal Gadot and Chris Pine out there. Um, and that was really cool. But I actually felt like Wonder Woman was a time where I was like, oh, it doesn't feel like it's trying too hard or is preachy. Like I left being like, yeah. I, I don't think it was Wonder Woman. I don't think it was Wonder Woman's fault. I just, the DC movies, like it's, all, they had an, they had an issue. They like did, it's all the DC movies had had the same problem. It wasn't, I love Gal Gadot or Gal Gadot. It's how you say her name. I always say Godot, whatever gal. I think she's badass. I love her in so many things. I just, it was, it wasn't. And again, it's not the, it's not the actress's fault, right? It's not anybody. It's like, this is the writer issue. This is a writer's room of a bunch of coddled children that aren't good writers that are trying to write these big budget movies. And they're just not, Yeah. it's not landing. It's not these actresses are yeah. zero. You know, I mean, Brie Larson's not a superhero gal gal is a fucking she has a superhero physique personality aesthetic like she fits that character really well you know what i mean she she can hold she can carry a movie like that here's the thing with hollywood it's becoming it's and it's it goes it's not even hollywood it's all pop culture it's the adidas with the tits it's the obese you know people in cosmo it's like i miss the days we talk about nostalgia when it was like subtle, cool, and it made a point. So like when women were fucking badass and they didn't need to, they just were, and we saw it in action speak louder. They didn't need to be like, 
I love playing a strong female lead because it's like we fucking get it. So I think they need to like reel it back and get back to that subtlety because it's like it says more and it speaks volumes versus, you know, again, I just talked to an actress about um, who's in a new Amazon rom-com about like the quotas in Hollywood now, right? Like, oh, we have to have it this. We have to have it that. We have to have it that. And it's like, why do you have to make it a point? Just do your thing and like keep it moving, people. Okay, so to, to your point, right? Like the time where it's like you didn't have to be told it was a strong female lead. It was, but you were a strong, like think about Sarah Connor and Terminator and think about Sigourney Weaver and fucking Alien. No one had to tell you that either one of those broads was a strong female fucking lead. Okay. And, and people don't realize this. Sarah Connor was the lead in, in Terminator. Like, the, like in, in both of them, she was a huge, I mean, that's, that's her thing. And her character development is outstanding. And in the first, she's kind of a feeble, scared woman. And by the end of the second movie, she's a fucking bad bitch. And she does not give a fuck. And that's like, no one had to tell you that Sarah Connor was a badass. No one had to remind you. They showed you she was a badass. Same thing with Sigourney Weaver and Alien. Like, that was a crazy movie. And people don't think about these old action flicks, but those are strong female leads that no one had to put in a category on fucking Netflix for you to understand it. You know what I'm saying? Thank you. Well, it's not only that. It's not only are they categorizing it, but now they're going backwards. And it's like kind of like what we were saying with the Dave Portnoy, Morgan Freeman, all this. They're not only like... <laughs> having to label it for us, but they're taking people who were badass and now making them victims. Yes. So now it's going the other way, right? So we're seeing it happen with Playboy. I've talked about this on my show. And look, like, again, it's all nuance. It's all gray. It's not black and white. But now they're making, you know, Hugh Hefner out to be this exploitative, you know, asshole, da-da-da-da-da. And it's like, well, what about all the women who felt so fucking empowered and, you know, badass because of playboy and it's like no they're all victims now they had no say and I don't, I, maybe there were you know women you know we talked about the whole idea of the word victims but like maybe there were but it's like again now it's other extreme pam anderson same thing pam anderson is a sex icon fucking legend now you know they talk about i love the new hulu show about her and tommy lee but again it's like that idea was she you know did she have shitty circumstances? Absolutely. And all these things. And was she a victim of certain things? Yes. But it's like Pam Anderson is also a fucking badass bitch. So we don't need to paint her as like a complete and utter victim now. And, and Pam like, Anderson set a, a style standard for a decade. Yeah. Thank you. And that it's was, like, like, let's she remember is a fucking that. Icon. Let's celebrate that. Like, yeah. the on, you know, yeah. And if yeah. she was a victim of certain things, she overcame that and became, I mean, and of course yes. there was like a lot of like, I think it was a lot of drug abuse and shit like that. That was, that's sad. But like Pam Anderson, like, know, it was also the fucking nineties and that's what the nineties were fucking, uh, you know, right. like, like, uh, these, these people were just like, they were fucking crazy, man. Like Kurt Cobain right. put a fucking shotgun in his mouth. Like that's crazy. Right. And here's the thing, like with Hollywood hypocrisy, it's like, Pam Anderson came out of in like the height of all the Harvey Weinstein stuff. And she said that, and I agree with, I talk about this on my show. I agree with a lot of these sentiments. She said, you know, does it glaze over the problem a little bit? But she basically says like, my mom taught me never to go to, alone, you know, to a hotel room with some, you know, sketchy Hollywood exec man, like that idea, like, like the idea of like putting yourself in a certain situation. Yeah. Right. And there's truth to that. And she got blasted. Turn to now, everyone's like, how are they doing the show about Pam Anderson's exploited sex tape? She's a victim, da-da-da. I'm like, two seconds ago, you were chewing her out because of her comments about Me Too. Now, all of a sudden, you're victimizing her. Like, which, like, they're so fucking, they have such amnesia. It's crazy to me. People are weird, man. We're in a weird time. 
I don't like it. Yeah, we are. All right, Taylor, this has been super fucking fun. I'm impressed with the way this conversation went. I was a little nervous because you're like this weird come from two different worlds, but it seems like we're just kindred spirits out here wandering around and trying to like, just see how many people we can get all riled up or excited at one time before, before, before the mob, before we get famous enough for the mob to come after us. Oh my God, Connor, do you think about that? I think about the shit that I, here's the thing. I'm always like, same thing with you. Like more people, there's a hunger for what we're doing and more people, right. Should be listening to this. But then sometimes I think about it and I feel like I'm kind of spoiled because I can get away right now with saying whatever the fuck I want. Sometimes I say stuff and I'm like, I can only imagine if I was in really the public eye. So it makes me think about that. Well, I mean, I've looked at running for office. So like, I'm like, and I'm just leaving everything out there. I'm like, fucking find it. I'll talk about doing cocaine and threesomes and ayahuasca (laughs) and God knows what, like, it's like, ask me about it. We'll have a conversation. I'm like, at least I'm not, because you know what, you know what, at least I'm not full of shit. At least you know that I'm like, hey, I'm a real person. Ditto. You know, and I think that there's a power in that. And I think that I think that yeah. will prevail over time. So basically what you're saying is someone needs to give us our own show. Essentially is what you're saying. Why is, is I'm just curious why uh, Dave Portnoy has not reached out to me and said, we need to, we need you in the Barstool Network. I don't know why that hasn't happened, honestly. Well, it's what I said earlier, how he <laughs> even was like, I tell my employees to reel it back. And I'm like, really? Cause you need one. You need one. That's like, I'm going to fucking go full send on this bullshit. And I'm going to like, I'm going to take the heat for it. And then we'll be there. Yeah, exactly. So Dave hit me up. Um, but Taylor, it's been super fun. Everybody go listen to Cancel Me Baby. Yeah. Talk to me, Taylor, on Instagram. You're the fucking best. I cannot wait to get this Woo-hoo. out. <sighs> Ditto. Thank you. Bye.